Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. The reading of the Word, because that's how I was raised. You stood for the reading of the Word. I'm going to read two portions of Scripture to you this morning. Oh, yeah, your giving is appreciated. Somebody will correct me. Uh, Your giving is appreciated. Uh, Since COVID, we give online. You can download the app or there's boxes in the foyer. And when you step out, you can give. And we really appreciate it when you do. It helps us to do the things that we do as a congregation and together. So thank you for your giving and uh, may the Lord bless you. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And then John's Gospel, the first chapter, first five verses, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and God was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Look at your neighbor and say, you were made. Mm. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Father, I pray for the next few moments that our hearts and minds would be open to hear your word and that the entrance of your word would bring light and illumination into our lives that we might see what we've not seen before, that we might hear what we've not heard before, that, Father, we might taste and know what we've not known before. May these next few moments be moments of revelation moments, Father God, of change alter our lives this morning. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate it. I don't know whether you know this or not, but our eyes cannot see x-ray, gamma rays, cosmic rays, Bluetooth. Our eyes are limited in their ability to see all the avenues of light As a matter of fact, the amount of light that you're able to comprehend is a very small, minute part of total light. So that even if you can see in the light, you're not seeing all of the light. I am always humbled that God in his infinite wisdom opens up my eyes by degrees. Because if he didn't open up my eyes by degrees, I think I might be blinded by the raw reality of his light. And so when we begin to read the book of Genesis and the book of John, we begin to understand that God knows how to deal with darkness, that God knows how to step into voids. He knows how to step into the empty places of our lives, and when he is there, he fills it with himself. That God is able to step in the midst of chaos and formless and void areas and begin to leave something in that place. He knows how to make changes. He knows how to make changes. And all of us in this room are different from one another, thank God. We're unique. We're not all the same. Some of us are lighter. Others are darker. Some, 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 some are young and some of us were. 
young. Some of us, some of us are fit and some of us want to be fit, right? But the thing we have in common is that all of us want change. We want change in our personal lives. We want change in the world in which we live. We're, very few of us are satisfied with the status quo of the moment. There's a lot of things in the world that we'd like to see better, that we'd like to see different, that we'd like to see other than it is right now. And this is an odd message to preach in July. Generally, you preach these kinds of messages in January while everybody's making resolutions to avoid McDonald's and, right... Uh, but, but I've been taking a little time off this summer trying to ask the Lord what the next season of my life might look like. And in the middle of that, the Lord began to speak to me about how He wants change. And that He always is desiring to step into those voids and into those dark areas and into that chaos of our lives and make real change into our lives. And unlike what we think, God doesn't ask us to vote on it. He doesn't ask for there to be a consensus. He doesn't say, okay, you get together, have a committee, and then you can make those changes that you all agree on. No, no, God, God doesn't do that. When God gets ready to initiate change, He somehow steps into things. And I, He steps into it, and I'm so proud of the worship team this morning, because I didn't tell them what I was doing, and they, they begin to sing this morning. I went, oh, thank God I might be on the right track. God knows how to invade the darkness of our lives. He knows how to step into these areas. And when he steps into them, he's going to make changes. I get tickled about people talking about who Christians are, what Christians do, and who is and who isn't. Uh, Let me just suggest to you that Christianity is a group of changed people. The Christianity began with about 11 people, a handful of people in a small room. But they were distinctly different from the culture in which they lived. In other words, they didn't reflect the culture of Rome or of Israel or of Greece. They they, they didn't even reflect the religious culture out of which they were born. In fact, the people that got most upset with them were the religious people from which they were born. Religious people always get mad at people that change. Because religious people don't want to change. They think that by, never mind. But Christianity has always changed the culture in which it has been planted. If you take a few true, authentic followers of Christ and you put them in a place in the world, they'll change and transform that culture. We as Americans need a transformative experience of culture. I'm tired of turning on the news and seeing somebody else get shot. I'm tired of turning on the news and seeing someone else take their life. I'm tired of turning on the news and seeing another child in a cage. I I truly want to look at us and go, have you lost your mind? I I don't care what politic you are, you can't justify putting a child in a cage. I'm, I'm tired of these people blaming those people and those people blaming those people. No, I think real change begins with me taking responsibility for what I think about every person in this room. I'm tired of people arguing over who's right and who's wrong. I've listened to it for a while now. And I'm a Christian. 
I believe that when the Holy Spirit invades my life, that it's no longer I that live, that it, my rights rather ceased, and that He lives in me. And, and in the last few weeks, months, actually, I've become hungry for change. In fact, I've got to tell you, I, I might be the hungriest person in this room. I want Quentin to change. I want to become more lovable. I want to become more gracious. If people thought I've been grace-giving up to this point, look out. Because only in an atmosphere of grace can true change take place. The only way to know God is in an atmosphere of grace, because if He doesn't give you grace, you can't even stand close. It takes mercy on His part for us to stand in His presence. We want His presence, but we think we can evaluate who has the right to be in it. And that's not true. I want change. I want change in Quentin. I want change in my community. I want change in my country. I want change in the world. I want the kingdom of God to manifest in such a way that, oh, yes, you'll be healed, but that's not even the big deal. The bigger deal is that you'll be like God, that you'll be kind and forgiving and loving, that, you, that you, you'll embrace others, that you'll quit evaluating and judging and condemning other people because they you fill in the blank I'm hungry for change you've got a pastor who's into his 60s who's looking at certain things in his life and saying I'm not done yet I'm not done yet I can taste the presence of God in such a real way that the authentic presence of Christ through his church could change the world but that change has to begin by us allowing the light to shine into our darkness and alter our perceptions of one another, remove our prejudices of one another, and begin to allow God to speak to us prophetically about who each of us are. And when we begin to do that, we might begin to see the kind of changes in our society that we so long for today. And I do. I can no longer put my head in the sand and ignore what's going on. I, I, I simply sometimes want to go, have you lost your mind? I want the kingdom of God to manifest in my short little lifetime and through my children and for the sake of my grandchildren in this generation. I don't want to talk about self-fulfillment or I don't want to talk about self-righteousness. I just want to talk about what it is to be indwelled with the grace and the mercy of God in such a way that the world looks at us and says they love us. I want Thad to know that when he walks in this place, he's loved just as he is. Amen. That he'll never be more loved. I, I want you to know you'll never be more loved than you are right now that you cannot through your behavioral modification plans make God love you more or less. That he loves you fully and completely. That contrary to what you may have experienced within the community called the church or from your parents or friends, you're accepted and you're beloved and you matter and you have value and you have worth and he died for you to know it.
And in the knowing of that, we as the church have got to change our rhetoric. We as the church have got to step up into the 21st century and say, I need a move of God in the midst of a darkness. And God moved in the darkness. I need a move of God in the darkness of my own soul. I need a move of God in the apathy and the complacency of what has been formally called the church. I need a move of the Holy Spirit that begins to awaken the soul of every person to recognize there is more to God than just getting to heaven. That this more of God that will bring tears to your eyes and sighs to your soul and it will ventilate the pain and it will express the love of God. I am hoping and believing that this people are a people that is able to take a stand in the midst of a culture and say that's enough. That's enough. That's enough of that kind of conversation. That's enough of that kind of ideology. What we really need is to see the glory of God break out in our lives. Notice how quiet it gets on July 11th. I told you I should have waited till January, but I can't wait. I, I'm tired of being stopped at the river's edge, afraid to take a step out into the water. You know, they were coming out of Egypt. They came up to a river. Have you ever came up to something that looked foreboding? You ever came up to a something in your life and it just looked scary? And then there was this thing behind you and it was pressing. But I love what God says to Moses, keep moving. Don't stop. Go forward. Don't look over your shoulder. In fact, don't pay attention to the obstacle that's in front of you. But stretch out your faith and keep moving. Look at somebody and say, let's keep going. There is change ahead of us that is so profound, it's going to absolutely go down in the annuals of history. I'll say it again. 200 years from now, they're going to write history about this generation that was willing to face the dark side of their history and come up on the other side. Don't be afraid of the dark. Don't be deceived by the dark. God is revealing our backstory to us. He's talking to us about the way we treated people of color. I graduated high school in 1976. I have cousins that were sent to schools to learn how to be less Indian. That was 1970. Don't talk to me about how it's far removed, because it's not. It was yesterday. And until we can face the dark sides of our own stories, God cannot heal us. And some of you are just plain too light to understand it. But when another human being is suffering and hurting, then I have to suffer and hurt as well. And the church has taken sides on politics rather than understanding people are hurting. And it would be easy for me as a pastor in the middle of America to ignore these things and just play to what you want me to say. 
but I'm a prophet from God and someday I'm going to have to stand before him and give an account for my generation. We can no longer ignore the pains of people of color, of people, period. And so as we ask God for his glory to change us, we must be willing to face the stories of our own lives. I had to stand here and be very willing to face the abuse that my daughter had received. Because until you're willing to face those things, God cannot heal them. And they hurt. And they're painful. And you'd rather just... But can I tell you, I can sense that God is making changes in our lives individually, in our lives organizationally, in our countries, in our churches. And cultural change takes time. It takes time. You, you, you got to let it work. And so just as you are wanting change in your individual lives, God is wanting to transform a world. He's wanting to transform Hutchinson. He's wanting to transform Kansas. He's wanting to transform the whole world. He's wanting his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And let me suggest to us wildly independent Americans, there's no such thing as an individual Christianity. Because the only way to live the Christian life is to love someone else. It takes at least two, three, four. It take, your Christian faith is lived in community with other people. The way we treat each other is the reflection of our faith. Not that we believe God, we get a new Cadillac. Or that we're right and they're less right. When the truth of the matter is, we're both wrong. Am I touching your soul yet? Because I'm trying to speak to a people who have to be honest with the reality that there is chaos in the lives of the people around us. There's confusion. There's darkness. There's pain. And it doesn't go away because I wish it away. It goes away because I'm open enough and honest enough to invite that into the grace of God and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to bring up and heal and change the narrative, change the story. Some of you have been rehearsing your pain so much you're never going to break through. You have to change the story that you tell yourself. You're no longer being beaten. See, I can do this. You're no longer imprisoned. You're no longer enslaved. It takes... Oh, this is for adults this morning. Uh, to, to stop rehearsing that. To step into the darkness and say, let there be light. Son, if you allow your past to limit you, you'll live in that darkness. You have to open up your mouth and speak to yourself. Let there be light. Let there be God in my life. 
Let, let there be life. Let there be a new beginning. Let there be a new day. A new me. An other me. None of you are too young and none of you are too old to change. To change. To change the way you see yourself. To change the way you see others. To change the way you treat and talk. Well, Bishop, I, 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 what do you want me to do? Change your Facebook? It's a good start. It's a good start. Change the way you greet people? It's a good start. Can I tell you, in 40 years, the person that's changed the most under my ministry? Me. Because when I started ministering, if you had long hair, you couldn't go to heaven. I'm in. And if you had a tattoo, we just didn't let you in the building. And you ladies wearing pants... My grandmother just knew you couldn't get into heaven with them. They're pantsuits. <laughs> wonder what he's trying to change today. That's been 40 years. I wonder what, he's, wonder what perceptions he's trying to get us. wonder what we're so certain about today that we might not be as certain of 40 years from now. When we start asking God to change us, we may not know what that looks like. It might make us uncomfortable. But I'm ready to be uncomfortable, aren't you? I'm ready to be uncomforted by what I've been comfortable with if it means the presence of God. Mm. He showed him his backside he hovered, moved, he brooded over him so that there would be breakthrough into another way of living. I don't know about you, but in my 60s, I want to break through into another way of living. I'm beginning to have dreams of 120. Oh, don't look at me like that. Where have you been? It's in the Bible. He was 120 and his eyes were sharp. There's a whole metaphorical reality that if you keep your eyes sharp to the light that God is giving, you could live to be 100. But if you shut down your ability to get revelation and illumination into the light that you have never received before because you're satisfied with what you know, you might be shortening your own existence. Am I making any sense? <sighs> okay. In the beginning, God. Could I suggest to you that this might be a new beginning? Could I suggest to you that God's wanting to begin something fresh in you? I got this person that walked up to me the other day on the street and they said, How do you stay so fresh? Did you know that if you take a bad peach and put it in a crisper with a good peach, that the bad peach will... One of the best things to do if you want to stay fresh is stay around fresh people. <laughs> How 
How do you stay so fresh? I stay hungry for the presence of God. And so at 63, I'm saying, God, change me. New beginning. Some of you in this room, this service is really touching you because you, you have to have a new beginning. Others of you in the room, you're a little less excited about change. Change. If I say change, Annie goes, well, next year. <laughs> Annie hates change. Until it happens. Until it happens. <laughs> <laughs> say in the beginning. I'm here prophetically to announce to you that the church, not just this one, is moving into a new day. It's moving into a new day. There's going to be a huge separation between the church and the facsimiles thereof. It's changing. Can I tell you, she's going to become more spiritually sensitive. She's going to become more saturated with the move of the Holy Spirit. She's going to break the liturgies. She's going to break the rituals. She's going to break the programs. She's moving out of the box. She's moving beyond your imagination. She's going to be a distinctly different culture than she's ever been before. She's going to be kinder and nicer, more embracive and loving. And those that don't will not be. They just will not be. They won't be obliterated tomorrow. They will just be diminished. And they'll continue to be marginalized until they fade off of the scene. But the vibrancy of the people that make themselves open to the brooding of the Holy Spirit is going to impact the story of humanity in ways we've never imagined. There is an opening for the people of God who make room for the presence of God to bring about a change in a culture, a hope for the future, to see the kingdom of God manifest in our generation. I am hungry for that. I want that. It's not going to look like anything that it's ever looked like before. It's not going to resemble anything that's been before because into the darkness... He's going to speak a new light, a new beginning. I speak this prophetically in July of 2021. You're going to see it ever increasing. It's just going to begin to increase because the darkness will not overcome it. And I, like you, have gotten sick of the darkness of the world. But I am finding hope that Moses stepped into the darkness of the cloud and saw the glory of God. And the evening and the morning was the first day. And the evening and the morning was the second day. And the evening and the morning was the third day. Come on. And the evening and the morning was the fourth day. And the eve, come on, and the morning 
was the fifth day, and the evening and the morning was the sixth day, and the evening and the morning was the seventh day. He repeated it seven times. God always starts something new with darkness. Oh, it's dark, but it's a new day. And so I close. First John, boy, if you want to play for me, you can. I'm First John, chapter one. And again, oh no, 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 sorry, chapter two, verse nine. He who hates, he who says he is in the light and hates a brother is in the darkness. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for him to stumble. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. The altar call was mid-service. I don't have an altar call. I have a commission. Stop hating others. Stop talking bad about people that are different. Love everybody. Understand them, don't understand them. They be different from you. Love sinners, even if you think they're a sinner. Love them. Be the light of the world. Love each other. Go to McDonald's and find somebody to love. I have people all the time tell me, listen, I oversee thousands of pastors. We just can't find any ministry. I want to say, well, Christ is laying in a gutter somewhere. Christ is hungry somewhere. I've been put under orders the last two weeks. I feel like I've done missions, but I've been under orders. The Lord's told me to go to the world again. About 18 years ago, the Lord told me to come home. In the last two weeks, the Lord said, go to the world because you need to prove to America that they're not the only people that matter. Hmm. Used to go to the mission field because now he's telling me to go to prove that Mexicans matter. That people in India matter. That we're not God's chosen. That we're all God's chosen. Red, yellow, black and white, Nigerians, Palestinians, oh God forbid, humbly understand that the gift of freedom that America has been given is to take it to the world. And that the minute we try to hold it, we'll lose it. Go love someone different. Will be the light. That's the beginning of change. I refuse to dislike, to hate, to talk down, to judge, to put anybody else. Am I making any sense? This will change the world. It'll change you.
nation at stake. <laughs> so invigorated this morning, trying to keep it under control, if you could. We've underestimated the power of love. Look at your neighbor and say, I love you. Look him right back in the eye and say, some of that's by faith. No, I mean it. Look them in the eye and say, I love you. And, and some of that's by faith. But I've made up my mind that I'm going to love people. That other people have told me I can't. Right? Oh, turn and look at the person behind you and say, by faith, I love you too. That if you practice something long enough, you get good at it? I'm serious. If we would practice loving each other as much as we practice judging each other, we might get better at loving each other.
to do is go be God to other people. All I got to do is go love other people. Oh my goodness. So when you come together, remind yourselves, I'm in the bread, I'm in the wine, I'm in you, I'm in heaven, I'm in you, I'm in heaven. We're, we're, we're in each other. And if I'm in the bread, I'm in wine, I'm in God, and you're in God, then I'm in you and you're in me and we're all members of the same thing. We're, oh my God, the way I love you is the way I love me, the way I love me, I love you. Am I making any sense yet? That we're all one together in this whole thing called love. In the beginning, God got in the darkness to change the darkness into light that we might live. Oh my God. supposed to be which is one. Oh my god then I can't hate you because if I hate you I hate myself and I can't hate myself because I hate myself let's pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers and that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless and I'll see you next time.